0: Hello, and welcome to Maverick Messages. My name is Tim Gamalinda, and I'm a student at Providence Baptist College. If you're ready to be inspired, take a listen. All right, this is a a little different message today, though critically important for you for the rest of your life, and I thought I could go ahead and kind of merge um, some things that are happening in the world uh, that, that... have a direct, it's a direct illustration of what I'm going to be talking about. Give me the half of the hemisphere there, the big map that's on there. Oh, look at that. <clears throat> okay, you can see on both sides. See the little red thing right here? In the scope of the whole world, or at least of this part right here? That's where Israel is. That's how small of a landmass we're talking about. Just a little bitty place there. Go ahead to the next map. The one that. Um, as Israel, Jordan, all over. Yeah. <clears throat> so this is the area of the Middle East that we're talking about. Okay. You got here's right here is you got the Jordan River, Galilee, Dead Sea. Here's the Mediterranean. And then on the outer edges of this, Syria, up here's Lebanon, Syria. Jordan, Saudi Arabia, this is the Sinai Peninsula is controlled by Egypt and historically has been. Terms you may have heard: Gaza Strip. This is where the Hamas is lobbing rockets into Israel from this place right here. And you can see it just down here. Okay? Uh, That historically was a part of Egypt, and and I'll I'll talk about a little bit, go back to the other one, a little bit generically a little bit later. This is what's called the West Bank. The reason they call it the West Bank is because, like I said, here's Galilee, Jordan, and the Dead Sea. and It's on the west side of the water, so they call it, the, historically, they've just called that the West Bank. Up here is what's called the Golan Heights. This typically has been influenced to a, a, a great degree, you've got Syria that's up here, and that, they're a part of that influence, Lebanon is right here. <clears throat> And so this is the area right now that is under contention, what's happening here in the world. Uh, Just a little historical perspective on it. At the end of World War II, the United Nations got together, not us, not Israel by itself. The United Nations got together and gave this area here that's kind of in the orange for the nation of Israel to come back together again, of course, which is absolute fulfilled prophecy. But, But So we're talking right after World War II, they gave them this area in here. Now since that happened, I think in 1948, Israel has constantly been under direct or indirect attack by all the other Arab people that are around here, the, specifically what's called the Palestinians. Okay? Now in the 60s, then a little bit later in the 70s, there have been attacks mounted against Israel and you'd think the stupid Arabs would get the idea because every time they do it, the Jews smack them down. But you'll know, wait 10 or 15 years, they try it again, the Jews smack them down again. Well, what happened in the 60s is they had the six-day war where Egypt, which at one time was fiercely opposed to uh, uh, Israel, which is up here, led the Arab countries around here in what was called the six-day war, which it only took Israel six days to completely defeat them. Now, you gotta give Egypt credit, because from that time on, they've really been kind of okay with Israel. At least they're smart enough to figure that out, right? Everybody's following it over here, same thing, Israel. Gaza Strip, West Bank, Golan Heights up here. Egypt has controlled the Sinai. Well, in the 60s then, what happened was Israel won the Six-Day War, and they took over this area of the West Bank, which was originally not theirs. So right now it's an occupied area. The Golan Heights, the same thing happened up here. And Gaza, the same thing happened down here. Now they gave Gaza back to the Palestinians, They gave this back to the Palestinians for a while, and this up here. What happened, though, was, again, Israel maintained, though, blockade rights over this, and that's still the status that they're in today. The Palestinians occupy this, but no other airplanes can fly by. No other military vehicles could come or go in there. Israel has a blockade around them and has had for two or three decades. So that's where the rockets, this is where the attack came from a month ago into Israel. The Palestinians, specifically the Hamas, which is in this little area right here, began lobbing dozens and dozens and dozens of rockets into Israel, indiscriminately killing 1,400 people, not just soldiers. In fact, the majority were not. 1,400 people. And Israel then mounted, very shortly after that, (laughs) mounted a huge rocket barrage that's been going on for a month. I mean, rocket after rocket, they're just, I mean, just probably the term I always use is nuking them practically without nuclear weapons. So they are just mashing away at the Hamas that's in here. Now, the, the problem is, initially, nobody had, I don't say nobody, but the Palestinians that hate Israel, and by the way, their stated motto is from the river to the sea. So what do you think that means? I could give every one of you a piece of paper in here, and you'd write down, you know what that means. That means push them back from here into the ocean. Israel has no place to go. They are backed up against the Mediterranean Sea. They can't go north. They can't go south. They're they're stuck here. And the Palestinian stated motto is from the river to the sea. All right? So Israel, in reply to 1,400 of their people being killed almost right away, Starts lobbing rockets and stuff into the Gaza area here. I <clears throat> mentioned 1,400. I that I was trying to remember what that na- number is now. It's up to 2,000 some. I think that are that have been killed of the Jews, but it's it's the, the number is closer to like 50, 60,000 that have been killed down here by the Jews lobbing rockets. They they had not done a ground assault in there until just the last couple of days, so they started and they had the, the whole central area of Gaza is Gaza City. They have it surrounded. In fact they had it cut in half and they're ready to just launch an assault in there. Now here's what the situation is. All around America, Palestinian and Arab people are standing up and condemning the Jews for what they did. Because they're killing uh, normal citizens. They're killing non-combatants. And they're trying to make a big deal out of this. Well the problem with that is did Gaza and the Hamas care when 1400 people of the Jews got killed? No, they didn't. So when Israel turns around and does the same thing back to them, now everybody's getting all upset about it. That's what, And in a lot of college campuses, Palestinian protests are the prevailing protest. There's a lot of people that are condemning Israel now. And it all goes back to the fact that the Palestinians hate the Jews for getting this at all. They were opposed to it in the 40s and have been opposed to it ever since, and they do everything they can to make life miserable for Israel, except we know they're God's chosen people. And so they do a pretty good job of taking care of themselves, you know. It's not like they even need us. That's what's so cool about having them as friends. Right. Other friends that we have are constantly sucking on us for everything that we have. Israel says, no, we got it, we got it, don't worry. And, and they do. And so right now, this area is it's, it's a kind of a bilateral occupation. Arabs and Jews have lived in relative harmony in this area here for some time, but Israel has governance of it. They're in charge of that area now. And and they've been doing just fine in kind of a unified occupied area here. The Jews took the Golan Heights up here from Lebanon and Syria, this portion of it, and they have uh, the oversight of that. In fact, years ago, let's see, we went to Israel, Miss Hall and I, 80, might have been 83. And that was, I mean, all, all the players were in place, they just weren't Battling each other as it was now, we had the chance to go through the Golan Heights up into Lebanon with a tour bus. And it was so funny because Israel and Lebanon were, were were fighting each other. But when the tour bus starts pulling up to cross the border, you had uh, the main street there that, that we were on. One side was the Israel, and the other side were the Palestinian not Palestinians, but the Lebanese. And we come pulling up, and there's a huge flagpole. And as we pulled up, the flag goes up on this flagpole. And the, 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 the uh, Jews on one side and the Lebanese on the other side put their weapons down, stood up, and as we drove through, waved. <laughs> both sides. Both sides. These guys have just been shooting at each other before. But when the tourists were there, everybody would be nice. So they set their weapons down, stood up, waved. We went up into Lebanon, s- sat back down. And it, we weren't actually shooting at the time, but that they could have been. And so we mess around in Lebanon for a couple hours, come back down, flag goes up, weapons go down, as we go back into Israel down there. So it's kind of an interesting concept. Economics still prevail in, in wartime. <clears throat> so what's happening right now? Well, Israel has gone into Gaza with ground forces, and, and the, the big issue here is is that they are committing non-humanitarian acts, acts against humanity, because they're killing so many civilians. And around the world, the Palestinians are rising up in protest. They said one of the biggest areas of protest are uh, secular universities. Right. What, and, and here's the other stupid thing about this. Who are the biggest monetary givers to public university in America? The Jews. The Jews. And so the... The Palestinians that are on these campuses are protesting by the hundreds and creating acts of violence against Jews on these campuses. So what do you think the Jew money-givers are thinking? Yeah, this is stupid. I'm not giving my money to those. So they're shooting themselves in the foot because that's kind of bad. You go up against God and his people, that happens. You know, you're not going to succeed. You're going to be the stupids. All right? So right now, as, as you're reading the paper or you're talking in, in your your uh, community or your, your workplace that's what's going on right now Israel is simply getting even for initially 1,400 people and later on I want to say two or 3,000 I'm not sure of that number um, of, of Jews that were killed unprovoked Israel did nothing and, and by the way since the 60s Gaza has constantly been lobbying stuff up in there anyway. They, that's, and the Jews just kind of got the hang of it. Well, this was an intense barrage, and they invaded Israel with that. So here's Israel. All they're doing is defending themselves, and, and they're getting tired of this you know, occasional bombing stuff that happens. So Netanyahu says, we're going to go in there and, and obliterate the Hamas so they will cease to exist. Oh, everybody got all upset about that one. And so that's what's going on right now. And so just today, the Jews agreed to, okay, by by the way, after Pearl Harbor, did anybody dare come to us and say, hey, just leave the Japanese alone for a little bit. They didn't really mean it. Nobody said anything about that to us. How about 9-11? Oh, the Arabs really didn't mean it when they bombed your buildings. Give them a little break. But that's exactly what the world is doing with Israel. They're saying, you guys really need to give them a break. What, so the Hamas can regather, set up plans, and come back at them again? Well, that's, that's the issue that's going on right now. And so the Jews today, which I think was an amazing thing, said we will allow a four-hour cease tr- uh, a ceasefire uh, every day. So you can truck in humanitarian aid, which they were letting them do anyway, yeah. and take out wounded people, or they can move around or whatever, but outside those four hours a day, it's going to be bad. So that's where we are right now with what's going on. And, and <clears throat> thinking people are going exactly what is it that we want Israel to do here? Because what happens if they do a complete ceasefire? What happens? The Hamas regathers, reorganizes, and somewhere down the road launches it all over again, which is what they've been doing over and over and over and over again. Well, the point that I'm trying to make then with this whole thing of, of what's happening here is, what a shame that there are thousands and thousands of innocent people that are being killed. And in fact, they're going after Israel and they're saying, you're, you're bombing hospitals, you're bombing ambulances, you're bombing daycare centers. Yes, they are. Why? It's called human shielding. They're putting little kids out front on the playground while the inner workings of the leadership of the Hamas are in the building. And hospitals, the same thing is happening. They see an ambulance pull up and they're putting somebody in a gurney going in, but inside is a headquarters for some of the Hamas forces. It's called human shielding. So what, what are the Jews supposed to do? In fact, they told them, they said, in about six hours, we're going to bomb the snot out of this area. You need to get out of there. And they told them ahead of time. Now, when you tell the civilians, who else is going to know? The military combatants, you know, so to me, it's, it's quite the thing that Israel is allowing, even allowing that to happen. But they are, so they're saying, "All right, we'll give you four hours a day. Do what you got to do." But then, and and they said, "And and don't even talk to us again," because they still have 200, I think 250 ish uh, hostages. The Hamas took hostages. They came into Israel, took hostages. Most of them are women and kids. Yep. And and on the day that it happened, they sent pictures of children being beheaded, women being raped, uh, and and all of that which what they were doing with the hostages that they took, and they still have. And the Jews are going, free the hostages or don't even talk to us. So which, again, makes it an amazing thing that they even gave them four hours. But that, that's where we're at right now. That's what the issue is. So thinking people are going, yeah, well, what exactly is it that Israel is supposed to do? And we have not, and, and they're, they're a little bit concerned because up above here, in that Golan Heights area, Syria and Lebanon, up in here, is what's called the Hezbollah, which is another group, just like the Hamas, that hates Israel, but these have to be a little bit brighter people, because they're not exactly launching anything right now after seeing the smackdown that Israel's doing to the Hamas. But they're up there, and they're, and, and Israel is concerned that if they launch an attack, because they hate Israel just as much as the, the Hamas? Ha, Hamas? Hezbollah, those are the two main groups and what Israel is concerned of is if they launch up to here now you have a, a two Front war going on which is very difficult to, to manage when you got from two completely different battles are taking place So they're concerned about that being the case So there's an awful lot of th- Threatening going on and even the United States is behind the scenes going, "Listen, You guys had better not attack into Israel you better not and we're going to these countries here in fact our Secretary of State has ended up circulating through some of these leaders up here and he's not saying what the message is but it's got to be listen you better not get involved with this and they haven't so far so that's what the issue is but the the tragedy of this whole thing is the civilian casualties that are taking place you should be in genesis chapter 20 And Abraham journeyed from thence, verse number one. Abraham journeyed from thence toward the south country and dwelt between Kadesh and Shur, and sojourned in Gerar. And Abraham said of Sarah his wife, she is my sister. And Abimelech, king of Gerar, sent and took Sarah. Well, what, what's true about this? She was a half-sister. All right, so he didn't lie. But how do you think Sarah felt about this? Her husband throws her under the bus. Yeah, sure, here, take her, just don't kill me. She couldn't have been very happy about it, I don't think. But God came to Abimelech and dreamed by night and said unto him, Behold, thou art but a dead man, for the woman which thou hast taken, for she is a man. Stop and think for a minute here, too. The king can have anybody he wants. Is he going to take ugly dogs? No, she's got to be a babe, right? She was 89 years old. She was 89 years old, and this king still wanted her? That must have been a good looker, all right? Or, or Abimelech was blind. I'm not sure which the case was. <clears throat> says, uh, Behold, thou art but a dead man for the woman which thou hast taken, for she is a man's wife. But Abimelech had not come near her. And he said, Lord, wilt thou slay also a righteous nation? Said he not unto me, She is my sister, and she, even herself, said, He is my brother. In the integrity of my heart and innocency of my hands have I done this. And God said unto him in a dream, Yeah, I know, thou hast uh, thou didst this in the integrity of thy heart. For I also withheld thee from sinning against her, therefore uh, therefore suffered I thee not to touch her. Now therefore restore the man his wife, for she, he is a prophet, and he shall pray for thee, and thou shalt live. And if thou restore her not, know thou that thou shalt surely die, thou and what? All that are thine. The concept here is a concept of collateral damage. Collateral damage. Collateral damage, and sometimes it's called unintended circumstances. But the collateral damage idea is what's happening over in the Middle East right now, where innocent people are being affected by decisions that other folks make. And we don't have to look very far in the Bible even to see some of the examples of decisions that people made that were tragic to others around them that really had nothing to do with the situation. Uh, I put down here just a couple of them. Uh, Abraham takes Lot with him when he leaves to go to the promised land. Well, what's the result of that? Abraham has troubles from then on with Lot and and people associated with him, uh, even to the point of Sodom and Gomorrah, where he has to rescue him and help him out, and and Lot even, in the decision to go down there, what, what happens to his family? All but his two daughters are killed or wiped out. So you have an example here of collateral damage things that happen because decisions that were made abraham takes hagar because sarah couldn't have a baby at the time or didn't so he takes hagar and what's what's the result of that the arab nations are formed all of the problems that are going on right now can be traced back to abraham taking hagar as a wife and the ishmaelites who are the arabs They've had problems with them ever since, and that's because Abraham didn't have the faith in in believing that God was going to continue to run the blessing through his seed, uh, and that seed was not Hagar. So they had problems with that. David and Bathsheba. Well, the issue that happened with that, well, it was fourfold the damage that happened after that. The baby died, Tamar was uh, raped, and Amnon and Absalom were killed. those guys have anything to do with any of that? No, unintended consequences. <clears throat> uh, in, in Numbers chapter 16, you got Korah. Korah speaks against Moses. What are you doing being in charge? Who put you in charge? And you just question his question is leadership. And what ends up happening? His entire family is swallowed up and destroyed. Men, other men, relatives, women, children. Did they have anything to do with the issue here? No unintended consequences. These are collateral damage. These are, these are problems that are caused by decisions that people end up making. Even you have it in Achan, in the story of Achan, <clears throat> where he took some of the spoils from Jericho it caused the nation of Israel to lose at Ai, which is a vastly in, inferior country at the time. They, they thought, ah, this would be a piece of cake, we can do this, and Ai smacked them down. And so as a result, uh, they lost initially to Ai, and then they also had his family ended up being stoned to death. People that had nothing to do with it whatsoever. And I could go on and on and on. Even in US history, we have examples of that. Pearl Harbor, they knew the Japanese were coming. People knew the Japanese, or at least that's what the indications were. They sent that message to the headquarters and whoever was there in charge, didn't believe them, just set the report aside and we ended up with 2,400 people that ended up dying at Pearl Harbor. Right. Because of one decision, one guy made. Right. Collateral damage. <clears throat> Um, Afghanistan, we were there for quite a while. Um, Trump had a plan for us to leave. That was always a plan for us all together. We train up the soldiers that are there that are on our side, but we end up pulling out. Uh, Biden gets into office and he says, we're going to be out of there in like 30 days. Gave no chance whatsoever for the <laughs> Afghani people to get trained up to the final degree that they needed to, especially on the equipment that we had. Plus, the biggest thing that was there is there were hundreds of Afghan people that came to us and said, we will help you by being translators. So in essence, they're turning against the Afghani people that were fighting against us and saying, United States, we believe in your cause and we'll help you. When Biden took off 30 days later, he left them there. And they've been slaughtered ever since. You don't hear a lot about it because Biden's in office. You will hear about it if somebody else runs against him. That will come up again. But these people that came and said, we'll help you, we'll help you, just take care of us, would you please? And when Biden left, he left, and whoever didn't make the plane, too bad, and made no accommodation whatsoever for it. Decisions that others have made. I've got a friend of mine, his son was a missionary, was over in the field for like eight years, doing a good job. And his wife said, I'm done, I'm not doing this anymore. And she took the kids and left the mission field. He didn't have any choice, he had to leave the mission field also. And hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people who might have had the gospel shared by him were denied that opportunity because of the decision that that wife made. Now, I don't know the family circumstances, so I'm not going to dump it all on her, you don't know, but it just sounds like she got tired of being on the mission field and made the decision... She was going to leave. We had some church folks that were good friends of ours, and the dad got upset at Preacher one day, yanked his family out, and now none of the family are even in church anymore. Why? Because of a decision that somebody made that affected others. Some of you in here, some of you guys, you're going to be, and may have already been called to be a preacher boy, but you're going to turn that aside because of money or whatever. By the way, Just so you understand, we don't want you to like the job you have, because we don't want you to keep it. Right? It's a it's a means to an end. That's it. It's better if you don't like it, then God can work with you a little bit on this. Now, I'm not saying it's it's out of God's will all the time for somebody to go work in a place like that, or even get out and stay there and be a great layman. Uh, Caleb is doing a wonderful job. He and Jacqueline with our team and with our. some people that are your age but not in college you're working with them and just doing a super job with them i think they're completely in god's will and he works over at chase bank and rising up in the th- in the, the hierarchy there i'm not saying that that doesn't happen upon occasion but what i am saying the vast majority of time when that happens it, you have i could see that they were being pulled out of god's will for their life and settling for something else rather than that but this uh this family like i said uh, they pulled out and the family aren't, aren't even in school anymore. You guys, some of you guys in here are going to have a call and you're going to get sidetracked from that. You're going to make a decision not to go there and some youth group is going to be without a youth pastor because that was supposed to be you and that youth group won't have the benefit of that. There's going to be some of you that are going to be supposed to be pastors of churches and that church won't have a pastor because of a decision you made. What about all those people that were there that could have benefited from the ministry God would have given you? and had a desire for you to have. Right. Unintended consequences. Like I said, youth group, Sunday school teachers, missionary. Some of you in here are supposed to be you're supposed to be one of those missionaries like the Ethiopian eunuch was. Or like uh, Cornelius was. Or on and on we can go where people in a completely isolated situation are crying out to God and God took a missionary and got it to them. you in some of your cases, you're, you're supposed to be that missionary that gets there. What happens if you turn back on your call? Now, ladies, the same thing's with you. Well, all right, how about this? <clears throat> you marry wrong. You don't make sure you got God's will for your life. What ends up happening? Just like my friend whose wife said, I'm out of here. I'm not doing this. So, ladies, you better take your time and stop and think is this who I want to be the father of my children? And ladies, or, or fellas, same thing. Yep. Now, Brother Gomez used to say there's no benefit in marrying a troll. <laughs> we don't have any trolls in here, so. <clears throat> but if you marry the wrong one, what kind of a ministry do you guys think you're going to have? And I've, I've bounced Cindy around the world. She, was a, she didn't live on a farm, but were Iowa, Iowa farmland people. Hadn't been anywhere any more than I had, you know. And here we've been all over the world, and most of the time she's had to do the moving for us because I grabbed a suitcase and moved on ahead to wherever I was. Never a complaint, always excited about it, and and probably more important than anything else, for our kids it was a big adventure because she made it a big adventure. Never gripe, moaned, or complained. And to the glory of God, anything could change, I understand that, but all three of ours are in the ministry now. Why? Because they just thought it was the greatest thing that you could possibly do. And if, if God had called in someplace else, that was fine with us. But we wanted them to know that serving in the ministry is just as much fun as you could possibly have. And Cindy projected that. Why? Because a gal that I had dated right before her, knockout blonde, cute, good singer, went to church. And we were getting serious. And God said, Nope. And for a month, I argued with God. I said, God, did you see what I got here? I mean seriously. Said punches all the buttons, checks all the blocks. So for a month I argued with the Lord. And and he didn't speak to me audibly, but man I sure felt like it. No, that's not the one. Okay, and the only thing I could hang on to is if this not the one, man, wait till I get the right one. Okay, so be comforted, ladies, fellas, if this isn't the one, there's something better. All right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's interesting to see the ones that are yelling the loudest. The gal, the blonde, last I heard, if, I'm not, if, I'm not, if I remember correctly, divorced twice, wasn't in church. That's what I would have gotten hooked up with. If I didn't listen to what God had to say. Now, I, I'm not super spiritual, but I'm not stupid. And I knew I didn't want to get hooked up with the wrong one but I just was double-checking to make sure God didn't have the wrong thing in mind here. Collateral damage. You don't know what track or branch of life you're cut off that God had intended to go ahead. Who knows what lineage you're in line for, that if you marry the wrong one, that lineage is cut off. We don't know. It's incumbent upon us to make the decisions that we need to make, understanding there will always be collateral damage that takes place if we're not careful. But you know what? There's also collateral benefits for doing the right thing. You understand that if Noah sa- would have said, I'm not building an ark, I don't even know what that is. Where would we all be today? Yeah. Not here, along with everybody else. Because Noah was obedient, the human race continued. Major benefit in him making the right decision. What if Moses would, have turned, would not have turned his back on Egypt? Folks, there are some people that said he was second or third in line to be pharaoh. Highly educated, very influential, high up, but understood that that wasn't his people and God had something for him to do when he turned his back on Egypt. That decision that he made allowed the nation of Israel to continue along. Later on, Esther, you know the story, that Israel in that area was about to be stomped out. And Mordecai says, you got to go talk to him. you got to go talk to the king. She says, I can't do that. She probably is a young teen. I can't do that. You can't, you know, he's gonna have, anybody goes to see him, they get killed. Mordecai says, I don't care. Somebody's got to do it. You're the only one that can. And she said, okay. Went to see the king. The nation of Israel was saved as a result of that decision, that early on in her life decision that that one little girl made protected the entire nation of Israel that at least was in that area. And then, of course, we could always say, if the Lord wouldn't have cared, where would we be? Well, in the Philippines, after World War II, Hundreds and hundreds of missionaries went over there to reach them with the gospel. I think it was MacArthur that said, listen, we have to have them in Japan, too. But we didn't send any. What's happening in the Philippines today? Revival is taking place. People are getting saved by the thousands over there. What's happening in Japan? Nothing. Completely cold to the gospel. I mean, isolated onesies, twosies here, but certainly no national interest whatsoever. Why? Because we didn't send the missionaries over there unintended consequences. Brother Gomez came up to do one semester and then he was gonna go back home, be an assistant pastor. What if he had done that? Where would we all be? Not seated here. That he ended up making the decision that he was gonna stay there four years, get the education that he needed and as a result of that, God blessed him and everything that you see around here and I appreciate so much Brother uh, Kavanaugh who's doing a wonderful job of continuing to carry the banner Brother gomez put this into place that a bunch of people early on helped and listened and as a result we're all here in this room today together because of that an older neighbor lady decided she wanted to get a couple little kids to daily vacation bible school i enjoyed brother anderson's testimony the other night if you heard it daily vacation bible school influence but a neighbor lady took two little kids to daily vacation bible school my sister and i and we ended up getting saved as a result of that my folks never went to church much what if she had decided, well, I, 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 it's not that big a deal and would have never invited us to come? Whoa. I wouldn't have had the opportunity to do some really, really fun things. <clears throat> Again, I'm not trying to pat myself on the back, but Brother Angel brought it up yesterday. We did have the privilege of being a part of starting a church in Korea. It started off just with Bible, some Bible studies. That's all we knew what to do. It wasn't a church, so we had Bible studies ended up growing and and ultimately was organized as a church and it, and it is still over there today and it's amazing how many places that we've gone this last 20 years and and i always try to seek out those that have been in the service and chat with them a little bit or whatever. i can't tell you how many times they've gone you're in korea did you ever go to that church said yeah we were kind of a part of the story says oh thank you so much for 20 years thank you so much we went to that church for the year that we were there or for the two years that we were there I just i just had uh, a week or two ago somebody come up to me and say we went to that church Josh went to that church the other day and stopped in and the pastor that was there said yep we're still here and again I'm not something super spiritual but we just wanted to have some bible studies so that we could get some truth and God took it from there but what if we hadn't have done that <clears throat> Chris and Ruth McCurry like he talked about those friends of ours that we couldn't remember their name <clears throat> Their son, Micah, runs a big track league down there. And the other boys are involved in ministries over, mainly over in the West Coast. If that church wouldn't have been there, they wouldn't have gotten saved. Who knows where they'd be right now. Why? Intended consequences. Collateral benefits. Folks, if you do what God's got for you, everything, one day we'll get to heaven, we're going to see it. Everything will be just fit perfectly. I, what do you, ladies, what do you call the, the hoop thing that's this big around, and you sew it, and the top of it, just a beautiful picture is on that? What do you call it? Something stitch? Huh? Cross stitch. Cross stitch. Blake knew it, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Cross stitch. Beautiful pictures on the front. What's it look like on the bottom? Rat's nest, right? That, we live in the rat's nest part of this thing. And sometimes we just don't see how it all goes together. It just doesn't make sense. But God says, make the right decisions. Think, get advice, get counsel, make the right decisions, and look farther than six inches in front of your nose. What, if I make this decision, what ramifications could it have? What consequences might it have? And then one day when we get to heaven, you won't see that side anymore. You'll see this, how everything fit together, and you were a part of it. So what's happening over in the Middle East? Collateral damage, because the decisions that people are making, and every one of you in this room are making decisions that could result in uh, collateral damage or collateral benefits. One of the great decisions in human history was World War II. We're down getting toward the end of the war. Japan had to be defeated. I think Germany had already fallen. Japan had to be defeated. Japan is on a volcanic coral island, which means there are caves and crevices and and stuff all over the place. And so they're trying to, Truman is is now president and he's trying to make the decision. He was vice president, FDR died and Truman became president and and FDR had never told Truman anything about anything. Didn't include him in any meetings, nothing. So he's completely unaware of what's going on. So he he gets into office. Japan, it's got to be, something's got to happen with Japan because they're still fighting the war, they're killing our people, and, and the, the, some of the security people come in to him and say, um, there's something that, brother, or brother, that uh, President Roosevelt wasn't telling you. He said, oh, what's that? He says, we have a weapon that is capable of killing thousands in one drop. That was the atomic bomb. They said, what do you want us to do? <laughs> something for Truman. Maybe, that, maybe the number one history, uh, decision in human history, as far as obvi- obvi- being obvious is concerned, certainly in American history. So he's got to make a decision. Do I drop the bomb on Hiroshima and Nagasaki and kill thousands of innocent Japanese? Because that's what, it, it, he made that decision, but that's what happened. Thousands of Japanese were killed, thousands. Soldiers too, but it, it was not military targets they were going after. They were going after impact. So they hit two major population centers. So does he drop the bomb or does he not? And we have to do a conventional assault. And history says if we'd have tried to do a conventional assault, thousands upon thousands upon thousands of our soldiers would have died because it was that heavily of a defended island of a nation. Now if that would have been true and thousands upon thousands upon thousands of American soldiers would have lost their lives in assaulting Japan. It would be interesting to see how many of you would blink out here. Because one of your relatives would have been one of those guys to go over in that assault. And died. And that would have been it. So Truman has to make this decision. And he's the guy that had the little plaque, I think, on his desk that says the buck stops here. He knew he had to make the decision. But there were going to be consequences. So what decision, what would frankly, historically, what was the only decision he could make? We're at war, we're not gonna let our people die, and we're gonna do whatever we have to, to end this as quickly as they could. Drop the bomb on Hiroshima, and Japan was slow in replying. So I think two days later, he dropped one on Nagasaki, and they said, okay, we give up. Saving thousands and thousands and thousands of lives. Collateral damage. It's a real thing, and it's a real thing spiritually. So as you're making decisions in life, look a little bit farther than six inches in front of your nose, like I said and see what those decisions might... You can't think short-term. You have to th- be thinking long-term. And sometimes you have to make the tough decisions. You have no choice. You, if you're going to have the life God wants for you, and if all of the others are going to have a chance at the life God has for them, then you have to make the right decision. Because what you do here ripples out through the rest. Make sure you're making the right decision. Let's pray. Thank you for joining today's Maverick message.